Welcome to the Alleycast. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. Welcome to the Alleycast with me, Steve O'Connor. So today on the podcast, I have a guy called Joe Cross. Joe Cross is uh, from Australia, uh, and a few years ago, I, I come across him probably about must be about seven years ago now. He um, he'd made a film called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, which was a film that came to me in a time when I really needed it. Um, it was uh, about basically a complete lifestyle change for me following that film. And he's made a couple of films since then as well. But he's got some really interesting ideas and information on um, on nutrition and juicing uh, and uh, disease uh, cures and prevention almost uh, on some of them. So he's, he's certainly worth a listen to. And, and he is just a, a, a top ordinary bloke as well. Met him a couple of times. And uh, yeah, he's, he's as genuine as he comes across on the films. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's go straight across to my chat with Joe Cross. Yeah, really good, mate. How's uh, how's uh, lockdown treating you over there in uh, Sydney, or are you starting to come out of it? Oh, look, we are um, we're coming out of it. Things are yeah, things are, are slowly returning to some kind of normality. I've actually got a lunch tomorrow with ten or well, nine mates. Right. For the first time this since it happened. So people are starting to get back. We we're we're ten ten people per restaurant. I think on the first of June we go to fifty. Right, okay, yeah. I think we're moving towards that. We're moving towards a ten people mark around about the fifteenth of June, somewhere around there, hopefully, so we can start to get back some sort of normality. Whereabouts are you now? In Liverpool? Yeah, uh, just in Liverpool, yeah, just across the water. So on the posh side, the uh where all the posh people live on the world yet, so it's uh, it's not too bad. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, it's not too bad at all. So, um, thanks for speaking to me, Joe. Really, really appreciate it. Now, I um, I came across you probably about eight years ago, and at the time, uh, quite incidentally, I was a truck driver. I was massively overweight, and uh, one of my mates said to me, "He goes, have you seen this film?" He said, "It's about," and he just he said, "It's about a truck driver who drinks juice." He goes and uh, loses loads of weight and gets cured. And I was like, oh, "I've seen it." So um, I sort of went away, and then a few days later, I was off work, and by the magic of Google, I actually Googled that phrase, truck driver, juice, 60 days, <laughs> and straight off came fat, sick, and nearly dead. Um, and now I sat down, I watched that film, uh, about, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning I watched that film, and by 12 o'clock that day, I'd been out and bought myself a juicer. <laughs> and, and it really did change my life. Um, and yeah, I went from being sort of quite overweight at the time, with no energy, to within like a week or so feeling completely different. So I, I think just to sort of go back to your story uh, and how you sort of, uh, how that film came about um, would be a good place to start really. Uh, so Steve, basically, well, the movie came about because I had decided to go on a journey to change my life. And so if you're asking specifically where the film idea came mm. from, it was after I'd made this decision to um, to really change what I had been doing. Yeah. Um, and then people said to me, "Hey, you know, you should 
you should throw a camera on yourself and um, and go out and achieve that. And then I didn't think that the idea of making a movie was you know even plausible or possible. But that's where the movie came from. Now, if you specifically want to know why. I did the change. Yep. That's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's go back to that because you you were suffering with a condition at the time, as well as sort of having that sort of middle aged sort of being overweight and probably lack of energy like, like the rest of us. You, you were suffering with a, a particular condition, as well as it, urticaria, was it? Yeah, chronic urticaria angioedema. Yeah. So, so, so I think I think the way to best explain this for people who haven't seen the movie mm-hmm. was that I was pretty much like just a normal normal guy, just your run of the mill normal bloke. Hmm. Um, I basically lived a, on a diet when I was at home with my folks, you know, younger, pretty balanced, healthy diet, mum's cooking, yep. and it was all good. I left home at 18, and because I had the freedom, you know, and I started earning a buck, I started, you know, really eating a lot of takeaway yeah. food. Um, all the nationalities of the world, <laughs> and uh, a lot of a lot of processed burgers and fries and deep fried chicken and you name it. Um, and on top of that, there was just a lot of uh, Coca Cola, mm. Fanta, Sprite, a lot of a lot of sugary drinks. And then on weekends, a lot of alcohol, partying with my mates and friends and so on, as you do when you're a young person. Yeah. And then essentially, I didn't grow out of the habit of the fast food. You know, I grew out of the habit of the beer and all that. I, you know, I wasn't a big drinker, but I'd binge drink. But it was more the fast food and the sugary foods, you know, yeah. like the the foods like, um, you know, lamingtons over here in Australia were my favorite, you know, donuts. And, yeah, yeah. You know, anything, cake, ice cream, all that sort of stuff. Mm. And it really became like a, a best friend, like a security blanket, like the idea of get sugar high when there's mm. a stress, I'd go to sugar. And of course, being a trader and being in the world of financial markets, there was a lot of stress. Yeah. So there was a lot of sugar. And, you know, I was a I was pretty much an athlete. I played rugby. I I used to jog a lot and I go to the gym. So I was pretty good up until, you know, my mid twenties. Mm. And then um, I started my own company when I was twenty eight. And then of course for the next three or four years it was pizza for lunch and yeah, you know, take out for dinner every day and late nights and a lot of stress and the, the exercise went out the window. And I broke at 32. I used the word broke because mm. that's when I got sick and I needed to go to a doctor and get meds yeah, to, yeah. to sort of survive every day and every night. Mm. I took these meds. And, I, you know, normally you take meds and you think it's like, you know, for about you know, six days, two weeks. But the doc said, you're going to be on them for life. And I looked at him and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But, um, that was when I was 32. And eight years later, at 40, I'm still taking them. Yeah, and yeah. It, it sort of took me that eight-year period where I deteriorated um, in my health in many other areas like uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, pre-diabetic, and, you know, weight loss, uh, weight gain, and all sorts of things had, had had occurred in my life, but I hadn't changed anything about my diet. So mm. I got to this moment of 40, and I sort of look back, and I I, I just realised that for eight years. I've really done nothing about this yeah. and I've kept procrastinating and I've had my priorities completely out of whack. So in the movie, we show a little bit of that and a little bit of that philosophy. And then really what comes along is this idea that 70% of all disease is caused by lifestyle choices, which means 30% effectively, you know, is essentially bad luck. Mm. So I wanted to find out about my disease. Was it, was it just bad luck or was it because of me? 
And um, I, so I decided that I needed to come up with a strategy, a plan, a, a way that I could could discover um, if I was actually, in fact, one of those people that that um, was just plain unlucky. It was just no matter what I did in my life, yeah. I would have had this disease. Right, Steve? So I, would, I just would have been sick and that's it. Or, you know, was I a moron? And had I, had I done a lifestyle choice, be it smoking or eating or drinking or lack of sleep or no friends or not managing stress, you know, these big six lifestyle choices, which are causing 70% of the chronic disease in society today. What was mm. I, was I doing that? Or yep. was it, was that, were they a contributor? Mm. And so when you've been doing something for like, you know, 20 years, uh, leading a lifestyle for 20 years, you kind of think, you know, I wonder whether or not, you know, doing a week of something is going to, is going to help that. Right. It's like, is, is it going to be a week or do you need like, you know, a month? Um, and I sort of thought 20 years or something, you really need to do like two years of, of real sort of pain. You've, mm. you've got to do something to reverse that. Yep. It's not going to come quick. So I decided that I would live on plants for two years mm. to see if I could reverse it. Yep. And I thought I'd start the journey off on these two years of plants by drinking 60 days of juice. Okay. So the juice wasn't like this super cure thing. Mm. The juice was just the beginning of the journey. Yep. And then I did the juice and then I did three months of eating the plants. I didn't need to do another 22 months. I only needed to do three months of eating the plants because I was off on medication after five months. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't need two years. Uh, mm. Had I known at the beginning it'd be five months, I would have done it, you know, when I was 33. <laughs> yeah. um, but I didn't know that. And so the movie captures just basically the juicing and then the eating for three months part. Mm. And then I get a phone call from one of the people I met on the road who's the truck driver that yes. you to earlier. Yeah. And that's when the movie takes a turn and I reopened the cameras, got the crew back out of the road. And we basically threw the first movie out, which was just my journey, and then crunched my journey to the first half of the, the, mm. the movie that actually went to air. And then we followed the truck driver and followed others who, um, you know, it's kind of a bit like a Forrest Gump movie, you know. I started running across America and people started following, and so yeah, yeah. we followed the followers. Yeah. So what brought you to the, the realisation that maybe going towards a, a plant-based diet for a certain amount of time might actually help you? Was there somebody who sort of spoke to you and gave you that idea, or was it just did it just seem obvious to you? It just seemed obvious. I mean, yeah. it was just the, the logical. It was. It was. It was basically logic. See, Steve, I reckon that a lot of us know. Like we, we kind of know uh, inside mm. the answer to the big questions in our life. Yeah. All the things that you really ponder and you're not sure about. I, I, I have a sort of innate feeling that all of us know the answer, mm. and if we don't know it, we can seek people out who can help bring the answer to the surface mm. you know it might, it's deep down inside our core yeah. and we know what's right we know what's wrong we know what's working we know what's not working and so to me i sort of you know this idea of changing what i was going to eat this was my last you know bastion of freedom you know yeah, yeah. of you know mm. my own choice of eating what i want and not having to bow to yeah. changing you know mm. what i love doing um so I kind of had that gut feel that that was it. I didn't know for sure, but um, I kind of felt that that I turned my back on Mother Nature, and if I could turn towards her, we would wait and see, you know, whether or not that would be the case. I mean, like I mentioned before, you've got those six things that that the data had shown that those six 
six um, choices that we make. You know, smoking, yes, I smoked. Drinking, yes, I drank too much. Not only alcohol, but also sugary drinks. Eating, I didn't have enough plant food in my life. It was mostly processed and animal products. You know, was I getting enough sleep? No. Stress, Mm. lots of it. Anything I was doing well at was having a lot of family and friends and good connection. So, you know, when you're you're failing five out of six, mate, you know, (laughs) you can't do them all at once. But I kind of went to the one that I felt resonated the most with me that I that I really needed to put into place. And what I have learned since is that if you fix that one, it's funny how the other ones can all fall into line pretty easy. I think it's a little bit more difficult to fix the sleep one mm. if you're eating crap. Yeah, totally. You know, I think you've got to like really address this fuel and information and nutrition that we are bringing into the body to to kick it, allow it to sort of kick over and and, and survive. You know, if you, if you think about the three things you've got to put into your body, um, you've got to put in air, mm. you've got to put in water, and you've got to put in food, yep. okay? And if you think about how long can you last without air, you know, seven or eight minutes for some mm. people they can get to, probably you and I, three, four minutes, yep. we'd be in trouble, you know? So when you think about that, that's a, that's a pretty short time before you're dead, mm. you know, three or four minutes, seven minutes of no air. Um, you talk about water, how long can you go without any water? Well, it depends on the conditions, but generally about two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks without water, yep. you're in serious, serious trouble. If you're in the Sahara, it might be two or three days, but it's, it just depends on the conditions. Um, but if you're talking about no food, a lot of people think it's like a couple of weeks mm. and you'll die without food, but that's not the case. You can go a long time without food. Yep. In fact, do yourself a favor, anyone out there listening to the show, Google hunger strikers yeah. and see how long it takes for hunger strikers to die. Mm. It's like 270 days. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a long time. You know, you are carrying around, you and I and everyone listening is are carrying around a lot of calories mm. on our body, be it in our fat, be it in our muscle. And of course, what actually eventually kills us is the calories in our organs because yeah. it's, it's the self-digestion of organs that mm. actually kills you. So... Um, you know, when you think about it in those terms and you look at, you know, just how how putting those things into your body keeps you alive, I felt, well, what am I putting in? And what if I didn't put something in for a period of time? How long could I go? And and that's kind of how I ended up, not only with the plants, but with the juice. So so for eight years, you suffered with this, this illness that the doctors had told you, and they stood that word chronic in front of it, which really means, look, we don't... We're not going to cure it. You just have some drugs for the rest of your life. Um, so th- at no point did any of the doctors ever say to you, do you think you might want to change your diet here or do you, do you, any sort of lifestyle change or did you just keep throwing drugs at you? So to be honest, it um, one doctor, generally the answer was no, mm. but one doctor talked about checking for allergies. Yeah. So I did a thing called a food elimination diet from the University of New South Wales mm. and I was a professor Loblay um, and I did it under his supervision now what they did is they, uh, they, they on my forearm they stamped um, about eight or nine squares like a hopscotch yep. thing and then they pinpricked me with different things like cat like a fur like all these things and they see whether the skin reacts so that's the first way they test for allergies. And then the next one is a food elimination where you can't have salicylates, 
amines or glutamides, which are the three um, three uh, chemicals in mm. all food. Yep. For example, a pear is one of the only fruits that doesn't have any of those three. Okay. So I lived on pears, yep. but it was only for a week. Mm. It wasn't a long time. So I did this elimination diet, and because it was only a week, I didn't see the effects mm. um, in the change. So I thought at that point, well, it's not food because yeah. of this. And it wasn't until later when I got to 40 that I realized that, well, a week's not enough. I need to, I need to maybe do two years. Mm. I should have done that elimination diet for two years, yeah. <laughs> not, not for a week. Yeah, yeah. So, so juice and vegetables. Say, I would until I watched your film, I would never even have thought of juice and vegetables. You know, I thought orange juice, apple juice, whatever you like, and it never even sort of occurred to me to start to do that. And um, obviously, in the in the film, it's it, you're famous for the for the Joe's Mean Green Juice, which um, I think after watching your film, I lived on for about a month, and like I say, did change my life as regards that. So. Where did the idea of actually juicing the vegetables and what was the reason behind juicing them rather than just eating lots and lots of vegetables? So once I realized that I needed to turn towards plants for the healing part, that was, that was going to deal with the sick part of me. Mm. I was wanted to address the fat part of me. And the fat part of me, when I looked into it, I realized that I was storing all this energy up for lean times. Okay. So that, that essentially, you know, anyone out there carrying more weight than they should is essentially they've got to, they've got to give praise to their body mm. because their body is trying to protect them, trying to say, hey, you know what? When a famine hits Liverpool or Sydney or Tokyo mm. or Los Angeles, we've got you covered. You know, we're going to look after you because we've got breakfast, lunch and dinner all yep. over our body. So once the penny dropped with me, that fat was not an enemy, but it was a storage support mechanism that was on my body for these lean times. I realized that if I kept depositing into the bank account right, by having more calories than were required, that over time, this extra depositing that I've got to carry around all my prize possessions mm. of all this fat, it's going to make it more inefficient for my system, my organs to operate. And it's gonna cause stress on things like the pancreas when it's producing insulin. Therefore, I'm at higher risk of a diabetic type two mm. or diabetes type two and become a diabetic. Yeah. So, and there are lots of other risks associated. It's not a given, like, some people can carry two stone extra on their body and completely healthy. Yeah. And some people can be at a normal weight and get cancer and die. So it's not like a death sentence. You are just increasing risks mm. that you wouldn't necessarily have to <clears throat> take. Um, and so the idea of a famine was attractive to me, but I'd already agreed on eating plants to try and heal myself because I needed their valuable uh, information and nutrients. So I compromised for this first 60 days by just extracting the water that's trapped in the plants, which is juice, and consuming just that water slash juice, yep. which is, you know, it's it's really the, 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 the rain or irrigation, however the plant was, was watered, 
it's fallen into the soil and it's been sucked up by the roots into the cucumber, say. Mm. And um, when you break open a cucumber and you juice it or you eat it and you taste that moisture in your mouth, it's in that liquid, it's in the water is where the micronutrients are. They're, they're, not, they're not in the skin yeah, yeah. of the cucumber. That's Mother Nature's delivery or packaging mm. system to get the nutrients to our body. So when you juice, you, um, you're kind of shortcutting digestion mm. in a way. You know, blending is shortcutting the chewing, yeah. um, but juicing is shortcutting the digestion. And so, so, you know, what's really important to understand is that you can, you know, you can eat plants or you can drink water. And if they're your two extremes, when you make a smoothie in the morning and you, and you use a bullet or a blender, that's much closer to the eating part because mm. all you're doing is outsourcing the chewing to a machine. But when it hits your stomach, your stomach's got to break it down. And all the guys down there are saying is, geez, Joe, you chewed it really well today. Thanks. <laughs> but they've still got to do the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. But the juicing is much closer to the water. Mm. And so when you drink juice, there isn't much digestion at all. It's like straight into the system. You know, I quite often use the analogy. I think a lot of people listening to your podcast are, 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 are vets or they've, yeah. they've been in the in the world of, of, of high active training in their life, mm. right? Yep. Um, and, you know, have you, have you ever been a runner? Uh, I'm a runner now, yeah. Yeah, I run ultras okay. and things like that, yeah. So let's say you're at a, have you, have you ever, you just, what's the longest you've run? Um, 46 miles, yeah. Okay, let's just say at mile 10, yep. um, I come out and um, I come out with a couple of burgers, some chips and a hot dog mm. and I'm on the bike and I'm passing this to you. Is it possible for you to eat all that while you're running? Oh, definitely not, no, no. Yeah, no. okay. Now, if I came out with a whole bunch of, you know, apples and oranges and pears and carrots and celery and kale and I gave you that to eat, that'd still be difficult. Oh, yeah, it'd totally. be very difficult to eat all of that while yeah. you're running, okay? Yeah. However, if I came out with water at the 10 mile mark and gave you water, could you drink the water while you're running? Yeah, most definitely, yeah. 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 So why can you drink the water, but you can't eat the, the burgers and you can't eat the celery and you can't eat the apple? Why is it that you're not able to digest that food? And the answer is because the blood that is generally used for digestion, we need to bring a lot of blood to our core when we eat the blood is in your legs it's in your calves it's in your thighs it's in your back muscles it's propelling you you have diverted blood flow for the activities of these muscles mm. so you are shut down to digestion okay but water no problem so juice is something that you could easily have at the 10 mile mark or the 15 mile mark or the 20 mile mark mm. because you are not doing the digestion. So this is a very simple way that I use to explain to people, to lay people, the big difference. Now, if I gave you a smoothie that had been blended up with avocado, kale, you could still drink it easy enough, but it would be sitting in your stomach and it would make you feel crook mm. while you're running because you wouldn't be able to digest it. You'd have to slow yeah. down, bring the blood in and digest, or mm. you'd probably bring it up. So... So this is where juicing is much more like water 
And therefore, I was tricking my body with this 60 days to be having it pretend or think it's on a famine. Mm. So that was the idea of, of how that came in. So just to give people an idea, the, the, the Mean Green Juice, um, say I know what's in it, but obviously just tell us what's actually in that juice as you as you have to take that in the one serving, which is probably going to be about a litre yeah, of so, liquid. So in a, in a normal serving, you'd probably put um, a, a whole big cucumber, you'd put three or four sticks of celery, you put two or three big leaves of kale or mm. spinach if you haven't got kale. You put um, a lemon. Mm. You might you might put an apple or two, depending on your uh, sweetness profile. And you put some ginger in, maybe a little bit of ginger. So six ingredients. Mm. Uh, one of them is a fruit, and the other five um, are uh, a veggie base. If you want to call lemon, it's a fruit, really, but you know, yep. it's not really a sweet fruit. It's more sour. Mm. So that's that's effectively the mean green now i would have two or three of those each day on a on a uh, long-term reboot which is mm. what i call it i call it like a juice fast i call yep. it a reboot and i would also incorporate red juice orange juice not oranges from orange but color orange mm. so that could be carrots or bell peppers capsicum if you like to call them sweet potato um and then i put purple juice in there and um so and so it's green, it's red, it's yellow, it's purple, and it's orange. Mm. And I want to make sure we get all of those five different colors into the uh, into the diet mm. because it's critical to have as much different sort of rainbow in yep. your diet as possible. Yeah, I mean, I tend to, um, after my initial sort of 30 days that I actually did after watching the film, I tend to not, like now do do a reboot. Whether that, Sometimes that can be three days, sometimes it's a week, depends how I feel, what, what I need to do really. Is that something that you think that people um, generally should be doing and what are the benefits of that doing that sort of regular reboot and how often should you do it? Yeah, so, so I, look, I think that it, it's, it's horses for courses, mm. okay? It's very different. Now... We have to sort of look at if anyone's out there um, and they're they've got you know two three stone to lose, then a reboot is a really good option. Like a fifteen day, twenty day, thirty day sort mm. of plan could be really beneficial yep. to shifting the mindset, getting activity going, setting you on a path to success. Mm. It's not going to be the success. It's not like some magic bullet. You just do 30 days of juicing and then go back to what you did mm. and you're going to look like Superman. No, but it'll give you this kickstart. It's this circuit breaker mm. that gets the inflammation down in your joints so you can start moving and you have more energy and you sleep better and you look better and you feel more motivated. So you can carry your breaking of the fast where you say, right, I'm not going to have those 10 things which I know are crap for me. I'm going to have these things. And yep. I'm going to keep juicing. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have like, on Saturday, I'm going to go and have my pizza. But otherwise, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? It's, it, mm. it's, it's, it puts wind in your sails. Now, if all you want to do is you're in pretty good shape, you're healthy, you're not overweight, you don't have any chronic diseases, but you're feeling a bit flat, then three to five days is a perfect little window to what I call a sharpener mm. and you do a little sharpener and get things going and flowing again. Yeah. Um, because the amount of produce you have to consume in a day on a reboot, you got to consume a lot of produce, you know, um, you know, it, it could be as much as 30 quid, um, you know, 50 Australian dollars worth of produce in a day. Mm. Now people say, Oh, that's expensive, but you know what? This is your health. We're talking about. Yeah. And you know, you can go out and get a cocktail for like 10 quid, mm. You know, yeah, yeah. 
So you got, you've got to get your priorities and values and you really got to look at this. But when you sort of break it up into the meals for the day, it might end up being, you know, seven or eight quid a meal, which is not too bad. About, but it's each, everyone's different, but that's, that's the value that I put on it in terms of how important it is. Now, if you're a woman and you want to go more than 15 days, we really recommend that you put protein powder, mix it in with your juice. Funnily enough, um, men don't have this problem as much as women, but women can lose their hair mm. from uh, a long-term reboot without putting um, without putting protein powder in. Okay. So, but people have gone 100 days. People have gone 80, 90, 60, 70. I mean, you you can get right out there in a long-term reboot, and it just changes people's lives. It changes their mindset. So, it really is depending. And now some people. They just can't get there. They can't do one day of juicing because it's just the mindset. So I say to them, that's okay. What I want to see them do is do 10, 15, 20 days of just eating plants. So take away all the animal product, take away all the processed food and just live on plants. What are those rules? Well, you can have fire and you can have water. Okay. Hmm. So think about your stove at home. Get a boiling pot of water. You want to put something in there, like corn? Sure. But you can't have butter on it, mm. you know? Yep. Himalayan sea salt, knock yourself out. Yeah. But you want to steam some veggies? Go for it. You want to blend some pumpkin, make a pumpkin soup, but don't put the cream in. Yep. You want to make some fresh almond milk with your juicer and nuts and put that in? Go for it. So it's about creating plant-based only menu mm. for 10, 20, 30 days if you can't juice and mm. you can't afford a juicer or you just don't think you can get there. So this idea of having basically a celebration and a return to nature and like an honoring of oneself and an honoring of mother nature, that's the ritual that will bring back a lot of harmony to your life. And it'll, na- it'll enable you to propel forward with a lot of energy and power. Yeah, and I think it's for me as well. It's starting to recognise what you're putting into your body as fuel, rather than that, developing that that almost emotional relationship with it, isn't it? Because um, when I first went vegetarian, which was about eight years ago, uh, I was vegetarian. Then I was vegan, um, and I, I've totally tried to move away from those two labels because I think there's so much rhetoric and so much there's, there's so much negativity and. If you if you look on if you look on sort of Facebook or you look on Instagram, Twitter, vegetarians are attacking vegans. Vegans are attacking everybody else. So I think it is really just sort of getting rid of those labels, isn't it? And going, look, I, this is fuel. I'm sticking them in body. I'm not going to stick diesel in a petrol car. Yeah, it's interesting you use the word fuel, Steve, because here's what I think. Oh, this this is my philosophy. Is that is that and and look, I'm no scientist. I'm no nutritionist. I've learned a lot from mm. some smart people. <clears throat> And I break it down this way. Okay, when it comes to nutrients, there's two types of nutrients. Mm. There's macro and there's micro. When we talk about macro, we're talking about three things. Mm. Fat, protein, carbohydrate. When we talk about micro, we haven't got enough time to list the tens of thousands of little micronutrients. Mm. So when you go and get a blood test and you see calcium, you see phosphorus, you see anything of that list, iron, all of those things, they're all the micronutrients. They're all vitamins, all minerals, all different types of acids, folates, all of that are what we call micronutrients. 
So our food, and we can only eat three things. We can eat animal product, we can eat processed food, or we can eat plants. Well, guess what? The macro, the, the fat, the protein, the carbohydrate, that's in all food. Mm. That's in the processed, yeah. that's in the animal, and that's in the plant. Mm. But the micronutrient stuff, that is 99% found only in the plant. Yes. Yeah. yes, there is some in animals, but majority of it that we need is in plants. Mm. So when I talk about majority, I mean majority of those 10,000, like 99.9% yeah. of those 10,000 are in plants. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to then now think about this food we're putting in from the plant world differently from fuel. Mm. Now, fuel is the macro so fuel energy so that you can go for your run so that you can go and have a great day's work so you have a lot of energy to brain power that's all going to come from the fat from the protein and from the carbohydrate that's where you're going to get your fuel yeah the micronutrient is going to give you information okay. it's it's kind of like this incredible software program that comes in on your hardware and it, it sets up a communication link amongst all of your system, your, your um, defense system, your nervous system, your cellular system. Mm. And this communication that takes place, all of that only occurs when you have the right levels of micronutrients in your body. Mm. So you can you can eat as much processed food as you like you can have as much french fries you can have as much carbohydrate as much fat at mcdonald's you can eat all that food but over time you will break because you are starving yourself of the information mm. and that's really where chronic disease comes from yeah. like to all these autoimmune diseases they are generally 70 percent of them at least are based on the idea that we are starving our system of the micronutrient value. So, you know, when you look at the UK diet and the American diet and the Australian diet, one in 20 calories is coming full of micronutrient value because that's the 5% is all we eat of plants. 95% is processed and animal. Mm. So is it any wonder we've got such problems with our health and people on meds and people dying very young and when you get a disease like COVID-19 coming through, mm. the weak, the, the the people with illnesses are the ones who are, because their systems aren't strong enough yep. to handle the infection. Yep. So so this, this really does put a lot of responsibility and onus on us as individuals. And, you know, I talk about this distance from here to here. This is the last two feet of freedom. Mm. You know, no one can tell you. I mean, I can hang up the from the, the call tonight. It's dark here in Sydney. It's what, you know, it's an evening. It's cold outside. I could get, I could ring up and order twenty pizzas here, mate, if I wanted to. I could order a yeah. hundred pizzas if I wanted to pay for it. There's no police outside. There's no law in society that's stopping me from, you know, munching down a hundred pizzas. I mean, I don't know how I could fit them in, but you know, there's no law. <laughs> yeah. But I can't get in my car and drive more than X kilometres an hour. I've got to pay a license to to be a driver. I've got to register my car. I've got to pay taxes. I mean, there's all these laws, mm. but there's no law about here to nope. here, right? And that's a very dangerous place to be mm. between your hand and your mouth teeth. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to go there, right? <laughs> we all hate the food police. Yeah. So, so this idea that, 
the ball is in our park, I really, really believe that. The, you know, ball's in your court, so to mm. speak. Yeah. And and so nobody is going to come down and wave their magic wand and make you healthy. Mm. You know, you have to you have to do it yourself. Yeah. And so what my mission is is to try and provide inspiration. Mm. I I don't like telling people what to do because no one likes being told what to do. Mm. I just do it, and if people want to follow and they're interested, and you know, you you hit me up and say, Joe, let's have a yarn. I do it. Yeah. I talk about it because. I try to put it into, into layman's terms about why we need to do it. I don't want to scare people, but I just call it as it is. Mm. I think I, I'm not going to spoil the films too much because I think I'm going to put a, lot, like, a few links into the notes so people can go and look at them. But when we went from sort of uh, Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead 1 into number two, and it was, was it Pete the truck driver? Was that his name, was it? Or was it Phil? Uh, Phil. Phil, Phil, okay. So Phil, and, and obviously there was there was, a, there was something that happened in between those two films, and I think what you said when we went, well, when I, I think the last time I saw you was at the, the premiere of Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead 2 in Liverpool. Um, at, at the brink. At the, right? Yeah, at the brink, and then we went to the cinema, didn't we? The, I think the, there, was, there, was, there was a thing at the cinema later on. Um, yeah, but I think one of the things that we said there was one of the things you realised that was missing from the first film to the second film was that element of community um, that, that I think you know Phil really sort of suffered with between those two films. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Community is really critical. I mean, it's one of those things that we talked about when you talk about lifestyle choices about mm. being cut off. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about people who live on their own. Uh, there's no one to be accountable to. You can mm. eat what you like, you can do what you like. You know, you're, you're hiding. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 very it's very much a um, um, a situation when you don't have accountability, mm. um, when you're lonely, when you feel sorry for yourself. When you know, I know what it's like. When I got stressed, it's sugar's the only thing that makes me happy. Yeah. So I understand you sort of go for your mate and your mm. mate's sugar or your mate's alcohol or your mate is you know. The chips or crisps or whatever your your crutch is. Hmm. So I understand this, and and you know, like to be honest, I think that a lot of this comes down not necessarily to the food. I mean, that's the end result. You know, going for the food yep. is the end result, but it all begins with this uh, self perception hmm. and this um, conversation with self and self love and self honoring and respect. And if you don't have good friends and you're not in a tight community where you're getting reinforcement from supporters, then it's very easy to not look at yourself in a positive light. Mm. And so, you know, I, I can understand that and it's a big problem in society. So, you know, those people that are lonely, that may be watching this, that are on their own, I think it's really important they reach out. If they can't find their own friends, go to either my community, the Joe Cross community on Facebook or there's many other people out there like me that have their own communities because you're going to find like-minded people in mm. there and you're going to put your story up. And as long as you're honest and truthful, you'll get a lot of support in yeah. those sort of groups. So it's one of the positives. There's many negatives of social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is one of those positives that you can seek out like-minded people that will are there to support you. Yeah, and I think I'm really hoping coming through this COVID-19 crisis that um, a lot of people use this as a, a real opportunity now to sort of change their health as well because we've got this um, we've got this clap for the carers thing in the UK at the minute that 8 o'clock on a Thursday night everybody comes out and claps for the health service um, and, and one of the mantras has been that protect the NHS by staying in your house and, and not going out and not spreading the disease 
And I think one of the things I've put out a lot on my blogs is that look, we, we can protect our health service all the time by taking a bit of personal responsibility for ourselves because you know obesity is is showing up as one of the the major factors that is going to make you deteriorate and i don't think it's actually that simple because obviously if you're obese you're more more prone to sort of chronic disease aren't you as well so i'm hoping that you know i think people like you um, and and through the blogs in the community that i'm in that we can sort of get that message out there now that you know start to look after yourself start to look after your own body take some personal responsibility for that and we can you know we can we can look after the, our support services in our own countries you know on, on a much more prolonged basis yeah and no, i totally agree i mean one of the things i get asked a lot about is because I talk to a lot of people who are obese, mm. and I, I, have a, I have a very good rapport, and I speak to to that. And um, you know, nine out of ten, they don't want to be like that. Mm. You know, it's not it's not like they're sitting back lazy. They really have tried yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. And one of the things that that you know, like if I ask you, what's the problem with being obese? Like if, if you ask people and go and ask doctors. What is the what is the issue with being obese? You know, what's the problem? You're going to get a response that basically talks about risks. Okay. Well, if I magically put seven stone on your body right now of extra fat, just loaded it onto your India or your you know India under your, your skin, right? It'd be you wouldn't have the same risks as it if you put it there yourself. Mm. Okay, now just think about that. The, the the point being is that actually the problem of being obese is not really the problem. It's what you did to get there. It's the lifestyle you led hmm. for the years to get there. Because in order for all that excess fat, you're laying down your arteries with plaque to deliver it to all the parts hmm. of the body. So yeah that's the that's the problem that's where you get that extra risk hmm. so actually having the fat on you not the problem it's actually what you did to get the fat yeah. on you yeah i think that's really important to understand because once you understand that then as soon as you change your diet as soon as you switch it within days you are flooding your system with micronutrient value. Mm. You are feeling better. And just because you've got the weight on now, now you're a lot healthier. Just because you got on you doesn't mean you're unhealthy. No, no. You know, if you take our truck driver, he was 430 pounds. When, when he was 300 pounds, mm. he'd lost 130 pounds. He's probably the, the, the healthiest 300 pound person in the world. Yeah. He'd been juicing for like 50 days. Mm. So he's a lot healthier than someone who was 150 pounds. Yeah. So I kind of make sure that people who know People should know that if they're very heavy or much or heavily overweight or obese, if you can turn it really quickly in terms of the health. Mm. You may not be able to turn the physical appearance that quick, but you can turn the health quick. Mm. I think that's it, isn't it? I think there's there's a lot of um, so especially on social media, there's a lot of sort of fast track diets you can go on. A lot of the easy way to lose weight, and there's no ease. There's a lot of simple ways to lose weight. And, and get healthy but there's no sort of easy way to do it because it has got to be a complete there's no magic life. bullet no there's got to be a lifestyle no change isn't it yeah and and the reality is is that you know i think the the, the best way to describe it would be there'd be a third of the population hmm. that have no problem at all with their weight hmm. and then i have an issue yeah then there's another third of the population that you know they go up and down they're a little bit over a little bit under they sort of go up they're a bit yeah. you know yeah. And then there's a third that absolutely completely struggle. Hmm. 
And for whatever reason, and we don't know, I mean, we still don't know, there's a lot of science to be learned here and understood. And there's a lot of talk about the set point, which is effectively if you're 20 stone and you lose five stone, why do you go back to 20 stone almost mm. quickly? Is that your body trying to protect you to say, hey, we're comfortable at 20 stone? You know, I think you've got to sort of stay six months at the new weight to reset the set point, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, 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 it's a fascinating area, which there's not a lot of, of, of but there's a, there's a lot more for us to learn is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So we're, we're going to get there and we're going to learn a lot. And we're, we're also learning that the microbiome has mm. a lot to do with this. Yeah. Um, antibiotics taken when you're young as a kid have a lot to do with it. Mm. So there's, there's all these factors that we just got to be careful. When you see someone down the street and they're heavily overweight, it doesn't mean they're just lazy. No, no. They know it. And they, many of them, I guarantee you, have tried at least 100 times, if not more, to try and get healthier. But... For whatever reason, they don't have the support. They just haven't been able to find what works. Brilliant. Look, um, I'm going to start to wrap this up. Um, but thank you for for, for sort of the th- thanks for the film. Could it certainly help me, and I hope it helps other people as they as they go into that. So um, there are various places, aren't we, where you can find the film online at the minute? Yes, Steve. Um, you can go to rebootwithjoe.com, and I've got all three of my movies. Uh, streaming for free there right now. Okay, cool. Um, so I've not seen the third one, so I'll, I'll probably have a look at that later on over the weekend. That's for the kids menu. That's all about what's going on with the the youth of the of a, mainly in America, but it's right. um it's all about uh, young people and their and their choices. So what what else are you up to at the minute? Ah, uh, so I'm working hard with content. You know, I'm 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 out there making a lot of juice every day. Mm. I just had a green juice before we started. I was trying to hold it. Yeah. For, our, for our talk yeah, I've, got two so I've got a big juicing day tomorrow because I'm out of juice right now so tomorrow is a juicing day for me okay. I make a lot of juice every three days and then I store it in bottles in the fridge yep. uh, that's a good tip people don't know you can do that mm. um, but you know you get about 72 hours worth of juice if you if you cold press it put it in the refrigerator fill it to the top and freeze it okay. not, not freeze it you can freeze it I don't but you're going to yep. put it in the refrigerator so it's cold um, so that's what I'm up to. I've got a few other little projects I'm working on that I don't want to sort of talk about just yet because it's still talking and they're not firm, but we're working hard to produce more content and get out there and inspire and educate and entertain as best as we can. Yep. Brilliant. Okay. I'm working. People find you on their social media and on the internet. Thanks. Uh, I'm at Joe the Juicer on Instagram. Okay. There's a lot of fakes out there. I don't know what's going on, but I, <laughs> I tend to get copied a lot. So yeah. make sure you find them over the blue tick um, okay. at Joe the Juicer. And um, on, on uh, Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead on Facebook, and there's the Joe Cross community there, which is pretty strong, and we do a lot of work there. Excellent. Lord. Um, thanks for taking the time to speak to me. Um, hey, Steve. It was great, mate. And uh, enjoy your summer over there, mate. I hope you guys can get out and find some uh, find some fresh produce to juice up a storm. Do you know what? We're having a great summer. I'm not sure if it's the fact that there's no planes in the sky or there's no cars, but it's been blue skies ever since we uh, we all went into lockdown, so it's been really, really good. You, you wouldn't recognise the place, Joe. <laughs> That sounds great. Well, I do love Liverpool. I, I, I've enjoyed my time there, and it's, it's a great part of the world. So, so enjoy, enjoy this quiet time. I will do, mate. And look, next time you're over in Liverpool, uh, drop us a message, and we'll, uh, we'll meet up and have a juice. Absolutely. Excellent. Juice on. <laughs> Excellent. Cheers, Joe. Thanks very much. Lovely to speak to you. Thanks for that. Cheers, Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. Bye.
Okay, so that's my chat with Joe Cross. Um, you can get in touch with him via all the uh, websites uh, and mediums that he alluded to at the end of that podcast. Um, and it's certainly worth taking a look at the films which you can find on Netflix or via his own websites there as well. So uh, the AEE challenges are also still ongoing on Facebook. So if you want to go over to AEE um, on Facebook and you will find the various challenges there as well. Also, don't forget, you know, we are the official podcast of Gone Tabbing and um, support the, uh, the the Be A Black Sheep project as well. So you can go over to their pages. If you've come from this, come to this podcast from elsewhere rather than via the Gone Tabbing page, go over um, get yourself joined up with uh, Gone Tabbing. Get yourself joined up with the Black Sheep Running Club, Be A Black Sheep. Um, and you know there are some really inspirational guys and they've got some really good information for you um, and just some really good encouragement again you know it's pretty much ego free so you can go on there and uh, and not feel as if you're out of place no matter what your level of fitness is um, as an aside to that, um, when I started this podcast about um, about eight months ago now, I think it was, uh, about the same time, my, my wife and I had the idea of, uh, of starting up our own podcast, um, basically just talking about what's annoyed us in the week, talking about each other, annoying each other, uh, and you know talking about current affairs as well. Now, we didn't do it at the time, but we have got around to doing that now, so that is another podcast that I've gone out on the networks there. It is called What's the Matter with People, so there is a, a Facebook page, um, which you can go to to uh, find out more information about that uh, and I'll also stick a link to that on the Alleycast page as well and if you're feeling just like a little bit of uh, a bit, bit of light entertainment then hopefully we can keep you entertained if you have deli- delicate ears uh, probably not the best place my wife um, swears like a docker <laughs> sometimes I'm tr- um, but, but that's that, that's just the way we are so so yeah head over there and, uh, and uh, have a listen to that podcast and let us know what you think also let us know what you think about the Alleycast as well if you want to leave us a five star review on Apple that really helps the podcast and uh, helps more people find out about the podcast as well so um, the last episode of series two is coming up in a couple of weeks time uh, that is going to be a question and answer episode. So if you've got any questions for me or any of my previous guests, and it could be about anything, it could be about podcasting, it could be about me, it could be about gone tabbing, it could be about the black sheep, any sort of events, kit, whatever, send your questions in via the website uh, or the Facebook page or the Instagram page or by any other medium that you know you can get hold of me. Uh, just do that. And if I can't answer the question, I'll find someone that will. So that's coming out in a couple of weeks' time. So don't forget to get your questions in for that. Um, and I've got some, well, I've got a really great idea for Series 3, which I'm just putting together now, which is, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just getting in touch with a few people who are going to help me make that work. So once again, thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support out there. And remember, always a little further. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what that is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. <laughs>